Welcome to our podcast series, Five Questions, Five Answers, in which we explore recent U.S. trade policies and U.S. trade rules that can affect thousands of companies. We have a goal in mind to help you, the listener, translate the legal into real-world business strategies. My name is Bridget Matheson. I'm the Director of North American Manufacturing here at Aaron Fox Schiff in Washington, D.C. I get the easy part. I get to ask the questions and I get to choose the colleague or the guest I know will have the right answers for you. So in the next few minutes, I will ask five questions that reflect the concerns we've been hearing from business leaders, all who want to understand the rules, but they also need to mitigate their business risk while increasing their bottom line. So let's start. A few days ago, the President of the United States traveled to Ottawa on a official visit to meet his counterpart, Prime Minister Trudeau. In a speech to Parliament, the President reiterated the importance of economic integration and global competitiveness. In his words, and let me quote, first, it's a future built on shared prosperity, where Canada and the United States continue to anchor the most competitive, prosperous, and resilient economic region in the world. That's a fact. Where our supply chains are secure and reliable from end to end, because we are creating the value at every step right here in North America. End of quote. He made mention of the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which he signed in August of that year. That law would, quote, spur clean energy investments all over the world. And it explicitly includes tax credits for electrical electric vehicles assembled in Canada. Well, here we are. It's uh, March 28th, four days later, and it's Canada's turn to map out how Ottawa plans to support the electric mobility industry. And today they did so. Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Krista Freeland released the details of her 2023-2024 federal budget. We will be providing some uh, additional analysis of that budget in the days ahead. But for this early and timely conversation, we have with us today David Adams. He is the president and CEO of Global Automakers Canada. David, thank you for joining us. I can imagine it's been quite a busy day for you. I understand I'm calling you actually um, on Parliament Hill in Ottawa. Tell us about Global Automakers Canada and what's been keeping your members up at night lately? Well, first off, Bridget, thanks very much for having me. And and yeah, I am up in in Ottawa today and it has been a pretty hectic day, but uh, just back from the budget lockup. So we can have a, you know, as in depth a conversation as you'd like to have on on what the provisions of the budget are related to um, to electric vehicles, battery manufacturing, electric vehicle manufacturing and uh, and so on. But the. the Global Automakers of Canada is a national trade association. We have 15 member companies. Um, two of our members uh, manufacture in Canada, Toyota and Honda. Uh, Toyota being the largest manufacturer in Canada for the last two years, and Honda being the third largest manufacturer in Canada. And they, the remainder of our members, are, our other 13 member companies, are the exclusive uh, Canadian distributors of the brands in Canada. So, you know, you've got BMW Canada, 
uh, Kia Canada, for instance, uh, you know, Subaru Canada. Uh, so we have a, a mix of both manufacturers and distributors in the, in the Canadian marketplace as part of the association's makeup. And I imagine the U.S. market's pretty important for uh, most of those members. <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, particularly for, of course, for our manufacturing members. And, uh, you know, I think that's um, when we first looked at the Inflation Reduction Act a year or so ago. That's what was keeping everybody uh, up at night and both um, our industry and, and uh, our politicians um, actively engaged in Ottawa, just trying to address the, um, the restriction under the IRA for uh, Canadian built vehicles originally to, um, to benefit from the uh, from the $7,500 tax credit under the IRA, um, because as you all know, I think the provisions of the IRA, there are you know two aspects of that that make up that $7,500 tax credit. Um, you know, part of it is, uh, is critical minerals, and the other part is the the battery. And you know, originally both of those were um, you know a, a bit of a box was drawn around the United States, not necessarily incorporating the other NAFTA partners. And you know, we got that um, that problem resolved. Solved by um, you know, inserting, I think, the words essentially any uh, country with which uh, United States has a free trade agreement. So, you know, that um, that opened up the opportunity for Canadian-built EVs uh, when we start making them to be eligible for the tax credit in the United States, which um, is important because you know if we didn't have that uh, that carve out, then. Um, it was really, you know, essentially an existential threat to the Canadian automotive manufacturing base because uh, vehicles built in Canada would be at a, you know, $7,500 cost disadvantage. So it's, um, it really wouldn't be a viable situation. And when you look at the fact that, um, you know, 85, 90% of what's produced in Canada is shipped to the United States, um, there's not a viable sort of business opportunity if uh, if we didn't have that access to the United States. Um, you know, and, and just wind the clock back, the, all those plants in Canada, whether they're uh, Honda, Toyota, uh, Stellantis, Ford, uh, General Motors, they were all placed in Canada, you know, in whatever, certainly the Detroit 3 in the 60s and Honda and Toyota in the 80s, and they were all designed to take advantage of um, continental trade, uh, beginning with the Auto Pact and followed up with, uh, you know, with the uh, Canada-U.S. Free Trade Agreement and then supplanted by by NAFTA and now supplanted even further by the, uh, the U.S. MCA or CUSMA, depending on what, what country we happen to be in. So that is a long history of integration, which brings me up to what happened today. I always like to say, if you want to know about public policy, follow the money. And there's quite a bit of money in the uh, federal budget announced by uh, the finance minister today. Um, I uh, read a few of the supporting documents. If I understand it, the the big media headline uh, tomorrow morning is probably going to read somewhere something like uh, in the next five years, Canada's devoting almost $20 billion to um, support clean energy. Did I get that right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you how you you look at those numbers, but certainly if you look at the the tax credits there that are being applied to the um, you know to the to clean electricity, for instance, the tax credits that are being applied to clean fuels, whether that's hydrogen or other fuels, the tax credits that are being applied to um, 
clean energy manufacturing, yeah, that's sort of the quantum that you're looking at. And you know, there's been some estimates that you know, if you look over a ten year ten year time horizon, um, you know, all of these uh, investments and loans and and what have you that the federal government is putting on the table as part of a you know what's really a fairly comprehensive package could amount to something in the neighborhood of eighty billion over ten years. So not insignificant to your point. Exactly. And proportionately speaking, uh, compared with the Inflation Reduction Act's um, um, price tag and the differences in population between Canada and the United States, I completely would uh, agree with you. That's not an insignificant amount. Right. Right. And, and as you know, you all know, that was... From the automotive industry's point of view, that was always the, um, you know, why we were all sort of biting our fingernails in the lead up to the uh, to the budget in terms of what actually was the government going to do to uh, address the, you know, uh, the elephant in the room, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, because the incentives that have been put on the table are so significant and in so many uh, different ways that um, that impact this transition to electrified vehicles that, um, uh, you know, it would be difficult for Canada to, um, you know, to go in there and match dollar for dollar. So they they did need to take a, a more strategic approach in terms of how they were going to address uh, that issue. And I think that, you know, they, from my perspective anyway, it seems like they've managed to thread the needle to a large degree in that regard. And for our listeners, um, David, um, let me recap two of these uh, tax credits. Uh, um, announced in today's budget, it would be a refundable, I guess that's a critical word, a refundable 15% tax credit for um, investments in green technology and clean electricity, mm-hmm. and a second refundable 30% investment credit tax, uh, investment tax credit, sorry, for new equipment in clean energy and uh, critical minerals. Um, uh These um, uh, tax credits are going to be very important for every CFO in every company in the electrical vehicle world uh, in Canada. But um, um, and they all begin, if I understand correctly, uh, January 2024, that that's yet to be seen. But that's what some of the documents right now are saying. Is that right? Yes, I believe that's correct. And uh, I think they anticipate that the cost of at least uh, the 30% uh, clean manufacturing technology tax credit would be, um, uh, I think, 20, like $4.5 billion uh, from 2023-24. So this year through next year, um, uh, and then another $6.6 billion. So that would run for five years. And another $6.6 billion from 2829 uh, out to 3435. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an important um, sort of stake in the ground in terms of trying to, again, create an environment um, where uh, that, that uh, is competitive and welcoming to foreign direct investment into Canada. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, in a lot of ways, if I look at this this budget, what they've tried to do is, and not just the tax credits that have been put on the table, but, you know, really just some of the other measures that have been put in place that really maybe aren't as evident, um, 
you know, it's almost like uh, like plumbing, you know, getting the uh, the all the plumbing uh, set up and, and working properly so that, the, you know, the water flows and uh, and there are no log jams al along the way. Um, you know, another aspect of the, the budget that really wasn't, um, you know, a lot really wasn't of attention, wasn't really put on it was um, the supply chain. And uh, the federal government has um, dedicated, you know, maybe not a, a ton of money, but close to $30 million over five years to establish a transportation supply chain office, which was really designed to address uh, not only the supply chain disruptions and, uh, and challenges, challenges as basically we rebuild our supply chains um, completely different for EVs, well not completely different, but substantially different for EV production than they are for um, for ice production. And also just to address the, you know, the ongoing challenges that we, we have in Canada with um, our infrastructure being a, a large country, a lot of our, you know, our, we've got ports on either side of the country and then a, a rail system running east to west and a lot of times um, those systems aren't as efficient as they could be. So um, as I say, just interesting to see that they've sort of taken a very holistic approach to um, to trying to uh, make Canada more competitive on a number of, uh, number of different grounds. So um, the budget was uh, released uh, today. Mm -hmm. In terms of Canadian uh, politics and parliamentary rules, what's next? When do we uh, see a final budget? Yeah, so the uh, the budget um, will have to go before the House of Commons um, because there's a, an alliance between the um, the uh, the Liberal, the governing Liberal Party in Canada, and the New Democratic Party in Canada. Um, you know, I, I suspect that the budget will pass, but there will be a number of uh, of hearings on the budget. I, I wouldn't expect that there's going to be any um, substantive changes to the budget as it sits right now. Um, you know, I, I think there were a number of uh, constituents in the budget lockup that I was in that were from um, from other sectors that were perhaps uh, a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, that more uh, uh, attention or focus wasn't put on on their sector. But um, I, again, I think as you and your listeners well know, our, our prime minister, since he was elected, has made sort of migration to um, the, the green economy, uh, the low carbon economy, sort of a, a hallmark of his uh, his leadership uh, as prime minister. And, um, you know, in, in that regard, I think uh, there's also a recognition that um, if we didn't do something that was in a way sort of transformative in the whole area of of clean tech that Canada as a nation was going to be left behind. And, uh, you know, that that would probably be, you know, in some ways, not only the the end of our auto sector, but the, the end of potentially other sectors as well. So I think this is a strategic um, investment that was made uh, uh, because I think, um, you know, everybody within cabinet saw that this was, uh, was necessary to make these commitments to make this transition into, you know, uh, actually probably play off in some respects Canada's 
uh, strengths in terms of having, you know, 85% renewable uh, electricity, for instance, ac across the country and some provinces even even more than that. And uh, and really trying to position itself as a uh, a source of uh, of green suppliers as well, whether that's um, that's green steel or uh, greener batteries, responsibly sourced batteries. Um, you know, all those things I think uh, go into the mix as well. You know, depending on where you are on the supply chain, these are such exciting times. There's lots of incentives, both um, uh, in Washington and in Ottawa, for the industry. The timelines are short. Right. Um, Exceedingly yeah. short. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and before, uh, so I've run out of time, David, because I always tell my guests that I only have five questions. I try to stick with them, but then, of course, I have 100 questions for you. <laughs> Before uh, I say goodbye to you, though, uh, let me just remind uh, the listeners of this podcast that uh, back here in Washington, uh, the administration is uh, expected to issue formal rulemaking to implement that very important Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which David was uh, mentioning. Uh, that uh, rulemaking is expected before the end of the week. Who knows? That's what the buzz is in Washington. That's what the statute um, asked the administration to do is to issue proposed rules by by March. And those rules maybe will um, give the that devil in the details of what the critical mineral requirement is, what's the definition of assembly, what's the definition of a battery component, all those little details so important and near and dear to the hearts of everyone on the supply chain. Um, David, thank you. What can I say? Um, I'm so glad you carved out a few minutes for us um, um, from Ottawa. There may be many questions for global automakers of Canada and to you personally. How do people reach you? Well, they can reach me by email, dadams at globalautomakers, all one word, dot C-A. Uh, you can also reach me on social media. You can find my social media LinkedIn page, uh, also on uh, on Instagram as well. So feel free to reach out. Happy to uh, to respond to any questions that people might have. And uh, to your point, Bridget, I know uh, you and I have been around this industry a long time. I'm sort of 35 years in. and I <laughs> Both a, a more disconcerting time in the industry, but actually a more exciting time in the industry as well. It's it's great to be involved in the, the change that's taking place. I completely agree, David, completely. To our listeners, um, we will say goodbye to you here. We hope that this podcast has been particularly interesting to you. We will be posting the Canada's budget um, on our electric mobility website for all of you to read what was uh, announced today. And we hope that this podcast once again demonstrates that for us at Aaron Fox Schiff, smart in your world is not simply a tagline. Thank you all.